it's opening your heart and having an open mind, a childlike mind, and without prejudging. Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, Well Women. Giovanna Rossi here. Welcome back to the show. I hope you've been enjoying my um, sprinkling of just Giovanna episodes. Today is an episode where I interview someone, someone pretty fabulous, Dr. Erica Elliott. I'll tell you more about her in a moment. But if you are enjoying the Just Giovanna episodes, you can catch those. I always um, list them they say just Giovanna first. So you know that it's a solo show, just me giving you my, um, thoughts on, um, on life and how we can thrive as women and, um, specific, you know, tools that I, um, that I sort of coach you through on the show. So um, I'd love to hear from you info at wellwomanlife.com. If you have enjoyed a show or two and or want to suggest a topic for me to cover. You can also I would very much appreciate a review and rating on iTunes if you want to go over and do that. And I know a lot of you are finding the show on NPR. It's at the NPR one app. So uh, definitely share that with your pals. Um, today I'm excited to share with you an interview I did with Dr. Erica Elliott. She's a a medical doctor and adventurer who served as a teacher on the Navajo reservation in Arizona and in the mountains of Ecuador. She's known as the health detective because she treats mysterious and difficult to diagnose illnesses at her clinic in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She's recently released the book Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert, My Life Among the Navajo People, and it's all about her experiences. On the show today, we talk about her mythological journey to find purpose, and this is really relatable, so definitely want you all to hear her her journey to find purpose. We also talk about how to understand other cultures, and I ask her about cultural appropriation. And we talk about how to keep going in the face of adversity, something we all need to know about. You can find all the links and info mentioned today at wellwomanlife.com slash 171 show. You can also continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. Now to my interview with Dr. Elliot. I'm speaking with Dr. Erica Elliott today. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Giovanna. It's so good to talk to you. I wanted to start just by letting listeners hear what you have to say about what are you working on right now and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? Well, I have two major projects. One is my regular medical practice. I have a very large practice, 1,200 people. It's a private practice, and I specialize in figuring out mysterious, complex medical problems that have been misdiagnosed or undiagnosed in patients. They come from all over the country to see me to help them with their problems, and um, I really enjoy my work. It's it's sort of um, 
the purpose of my life is to be of service and to help people heal in a in a meaningful way, not like when I was a mainstream doctor, was just giving out pills. This is a sort of an eclectic practice I have. And at the same time, I'm writing a series of memoirs, one of which has just been published, Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert, My Life Among the Navajo People. And this series of memoirs is really about how I found the purpose in my life. It's quite an adventure. It's almost like a mythological journey to finding purpose and meaning. It took me on lots of twists and turns and many life-changing experiences that made me who I am today. Okay, interesting. I'd love to dig into a, a little bit of what you've just said. And so, first of all, how do you describe a mythological adventure and um, have... Have you actually found your life purpose or are you still on the journey? No, I'm living my life purpose. And um, that's why I have no intention to retire. I'm 71 years old. People ask me, don't you want to retire? And that's like asking an artist who loves their work. Aren't you going to retire? Well, why retire from something you love and has is very meaningful and gives purpose to my life? And it's mythological because it's almost like a Joseph Campbell story, finding my purpose. Like, I'll, I'll give you just one example. Um, in the book I just wrote, I talk about having a close encounter with a mountain lion. It was I was camping in Utah and uh, had my sleeping bag out on a red rock area with no tent. And in the middle of the night, I heard a noise and I opened my eyes and it was a mountain lion sniffing me about two inches from my face. And of course, I, I was paralyzed with fear. And that's probably what saved my life because I didn't move. And cats like things that move and they like to go after them. And uh, later, when I told the story to a Navajo grandmother who lived deep into Canyon de Chez, she said prophetically, she said, this is your spirit guide. The mountain lion came to you to share its strength and focus and courage, which you'll need very much in what will face you in your life. You'll have some life-threatening challenges, and that if they don't kill you, these challenges, it will uh, help you bring deep medicine to the people. And I wrote that in my diary. That was 1971 and then forgot about it. And years later, when I, I started to think about writing memoir, I found my writings in my diary and I realized that her prophecy completely came true. And uh, my, my life was like um, one metaphor after another. It, it was um, very transformative, life-changing, and far out of the normal reality that people experience in their lives. So I want to pick up on that because I, I think that the possibility for these kinds of experiences and miracles and, and whatever we want to call them, I think that the opportunity or the possibility for them to happen to everyone is, is there. Um, however, as you just pointed out, that's not people's usual experience of, of life. And so I want to ask you, what do you think about that? I'm particularly interested in your thoughts about how you 
opened yourself up to those experiences because I think those, those experiences do happen all the time to everybody, but we're not always tuning into them. So what happened to me is I faced a very uncomfortable, difficult situation and I was ready to quit and um, I didn't know what to do. I went to the reservation as a brand new teacher and got no orientation at all from the boarding school people in Chinle, Arizona. And I had no idea about Navajo culture, the people, their land. And my first day was a disaster. Nobody looked at me in the classroom. The fourth grade students looked at the ground. They didn't talk to me. Um, There was no interaction. And around town, nobody smiled at me or talked to me. I, I just felt like, oh, my God, this is such desolation. I made a terrible choice. I told my father I was coming home and I was going to look for a job someplace else. And he said, no, you shouldn't come home after a week. You don't really know the place. Why don't you give it three weeks and then you decide? You can't make a decision after a week. And so I told my teacher aide, Donna Scott, who's the sister of the late R.C. Gorman, a very famous a native painter I who knew both worlds, the white world and the native world very well. And I told her my despair. And she said a simple sentence, would you like to learn about my people? And I said, yes, yes, I, yes, I want to learn about your people. And so she analyzed for me, helped me understand the first day of class and all the terrible mistakes I made, uh, cultural mistakes, because I, out of ignorance. And when she said the people didn't look at me, it's for two reasons. One, they were so shy because they came from very remote areas, they, unlike the public school kids. They weren't used to white people. And um, they didn't speak to me because they didn't speak English. And and they were also looking down to show respect. I felt so ashamed of myself for passing so much judgment on stuff that I didn't understand. This this was so shocking to me that that um, that um, I, I decided I was going to stay and really learn about the people and. Donna Scott said the best way to really make contact with these kids is why don't you try to just learn a few words of Navajo. So she taught me how to say good morning, my children. My name is Erica Elliott. And um, what's your name and where are you from? So I practiced and practiced. It's the strangest language. It was so hard. All these glottal stops and guttural sounds. So I practiced in front of the mirror late into the night. I walked into the classroom and said, Yate shalchina. And the whole class looked up at me, every face looked up at me in total shock, and then the whole class burst out laughing, and that was the beginning of the most profound, life-changing experience in my life. I fell madly in love with the students, and in the process, I learned about I got a glimpse of what my purpose in life was, just a glimpse that caring about people could, I could make a difference in people's lives just by caring about them. And in turn, they could make a profound influence on my life. This experience, if I had gone home like I had wanted to, I would have missed out 
on the most amazing experience of my life. I was invited to people's homes, their ceremonies. I saw things white people don't see ever. And I, I participated in their ceremonies, the traditional ceremonies, the peyote ceremonies. I saw one miracle after another that to to this day, to this day, I can't explain how it happened. I'd have to use very advanced physics to come up with some kind of believable explanation. I documented all of this in my diary because it was so otherworldly what I was experiencing and so life-changing that I thought, I'll never believe this a few years from now because this, this is so far from ordinary reality, what I'm experiencing. And um, so, so I think it's we all face challenging things, and the tendency is to turn away. Whereas if we open our hearts and face what we're scared of or dismayed with head on, we have the potential of doing uh, something similar, maybe not with the Navajo people, but in with our relationships, with our people of other cultures and so forth. It's opening your heart and having an open mind, a childlike mind, and without prejudging. Yes, and that is uh, really difficult for most people. Um, and so I think we're at a time in our society where we really need uh, we really need that. I guess we always have been needing that, but it seems particularly pertinent right now. Um, and so do, I know in your book, you, you described some of these stories and, and these situations where you had to make a decision. What were you going to continue, you know, or were you going to, uh, quit, right? And and you tried to quit several times and, and something always pushed you to continue. And um, that is, is very interesting to me. And I think to the, to the listeners in terms of, you know, how does someone keep going in the face of such adversity and, and just all of the, the challenges and obstacles? And um, just from the short story you just told, uh, you know, we can glean some of that, like there was someone who helped you and you allowed her to come into your life and help you and ask you that question and you responded. So it's being open. Um, do you have any other lessons from those, from that experience that you want to share? Well, um, let's see other, there was one lesson after another. Sorry. What about the, um, the time you were helping a Navajo woman give birth and the shoulders were stuck and you had to have, you had to get a doctor, a doctor on the phone to, to talk you through. Oh God. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Okay. We were, I, I came back as a medical doctor and I, uh, chose Cuba, New Mexico, because half the population there, half my patients were Navajos. And so it's a way to uh, to give back to the Navajo people because of the profound gifts they had given me, of uh, the gifts being giving of themselves and sharing their lives with me. And so it was pretty remote in those days, and there was no uh, surgical suite or anything. We're pretty much on our own, flying by the seat of our pants in a very underserved, understaffed, under-resourced 
uh, clinic and very primitive conditions. And uh, I was way over my head. I was not trained in emergency room medicine. I was trained as a family practitioner. I was doing things that were so terrifying for me. And sometimes it's shocking to say this, but I would set a, a compound fracture, which I, of course I wasn't trained to do that. Specialists do that with a book right beside me, uh, showing me what to do. And um, it, it, that sounds pretty shocking, but we had no choice. I, I was put in a situation where there was no help. And if we called UNM and they flew a hel helicopter in uh, to bring help, it, it took an hour. And so when I was doing a delivery, all of a sudden, um, the, um, the baby got stuck in their shoulders and I didn't know what to do. There's normally they would go get a C-section. And so we reached one of the doctors at, uh, Gallup, New Mexico, an uh, obstetrician. And he had agreed that when I was in, um, a, a difficult situation, I could call him. Fortunately, we reached him. He spoke to me over the uh, PA system, and he walked me through this most terrifying experience for me. He actually told me how to reach in my hands and break the collarbones with my thumb on each side so I could fold the shoulders in and deliver the baby. Can, uh, can you imagine? I mean, I almost passed out from hearing the click of the, the break. And um, the baby actually did very fine and the uh, collarbones healed very well they just had lumps on each side uh, um, so that that was absolutely terrifying but I had no choice in the end the um, father um, was uh, was a road man he ran peyote ceremonies and he wanted to give me a gift of a thank you gift when it was time for me to leave Cuba and my time of service had been up for two years. And so he had a, a peyote ceremony um, to say thanks for my treatment of his people and for treating them with respect and care. And um, and that in itself was a profound experience, which the readers will have to read to find out. It's um, how the book ends. It was a gift that what they gave me that changed my life forever. And I'm still uh, benefiting from the gift to this day. Okay. And Erica, I just want to ask you about um, the way that you share the information. Um, because I know there's a lot of discussion about cultural appropriation and, and sharing, you know, oversharing or, or uh, Western or white people sharing um, things from other cultures. And so for people listening, I, I would like to address that just to give you the opportunity to, to, to address that. And how do you, how do you see that? I, I didn't reveal anything that I wasn't allowed to reveal, like about the ceremonies and the peyote ceremonies, um, that is already written about publicly. And that's not n native Navajo, um, healing that is borrowed from the Plains Indians and, um, and uh, so, so the native ceremonies. The only one I talked about was the um, the puberty ceremony, and I did not talk about many details. I just talked about, you know, what 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 goes on there. I didn't talk about anything deeper. And the medicine man asked me not to take pictures, so of course I didn't. And um, 
but most of the ceremonies uh, I uh, didn't speak a word about, didn't say a word in the book or to anybody about because I wasn't permitted to. And um, so I wrote, mostly wrote about just things that happened to me. This is not an um, expose on Navajo um, history and culture. This is about my experience and how the Navajo people helped me be a better person, helped transform my life. This is, an, this is more like an homage to the Navajo people, a tribute. This is not an expose. This is not a history book. It's not, and I'm not an anthropologist. I'm a human being who is deeply impacted by the people. Okay, we're talking to Dr. Erica Elliott on The Well Woman Show, and we'll be right back. Whether you're just starting your journey or you've been on it for months or even years, The Well Woman Jumpstart is a great place to begin. So you might want to know, what's the outcome? How will I benefit from this? If you want to reach the income, impact, or intimacy goals you have, you can jump right in with this awesome jumpstart. You'll learn what your unique superpower is, which is super important for everything else you'll be working on in your life. You'll learn uh, proven tools to address your particular challenge. You'll get real clarity about your life and your big goals and challenges. And you'll get to talk to me, Giovanna, one-on-one, and I'll give you feedback and insight specifically on your goal or challenge. If you're ready to jump in, go to wellwomanlife.com slash jumpstart and you'll receive the Well Woman Life Transformation Framework in-depth videos and podcasts, and then a 30-minute call with me to pinpoint your challenges and superpowers. And then you'll get the downloadable uh, PDF worksheets that go along with all of this so you can really dig in. I'm super excited to be able to offer this now, and it's really accessible uh, for everyone. Go to wellwomanlife.com slash Jumpstart. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green, healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external support. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. We're back with Dr. Elliot and her book, Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert, My Life Among the Navajo People. Erica, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. It's the way we end every show. And I want to ask you a few quick questions that will help distill some of your experiences and advice into kind of tips for the listeners and, and that, so that they can use them in their lives. The first question I have for you is, what does success in life mean to you? It means becoming who you really are, following your your calling in life. We, everybody has a different calling. 
um, whether it's to be an artist or a baker or whatever. It doesn't have to be a doctor or or a teacher. Um, it's whatever you, your gift is to the world. Find your gift and use your gift in service to others, and you will be a very happy person. And when did you know, Erica, that you were really good at what you do? Uh, well, I knew I was good after living with the Navajo people. I knew I was good at caring about people and loving people in in, in a non-romantic way. I, I could deeply love and see people for who they were. So I knew I had that gift, but I didn't have to, I didn't know what the right vehicle was. When I went into mainstream medicine, I thought, oh, now I found it. But mainstream medicine was not my higher calling at all because I did not feel I was really helping people heal. I was just helping them manage their symptoms. And uh, it didn't allow me to have like a deep connection with them. But once I left that golden path, so to speak, and practiced my own kind of medicine, I thought, wow, I'm finally home now. I'm home to myself. I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. This is truly my purpose in life because I'm combining my um, natural gift for understanding the body. And I've always been terribly interested in the body and healing and my natural tendency to love people love in a really, uh, really deep way where I really see who they are and appreciate them and don't judge them. Erica, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your own well-being? And I'll just preface this by saying, um, you know, in in your introduction, you talked about running a, a practice of 1,200 people. That's a huge amount of uh, of management and work and the fact that you've taken the time to, you know, have this interview right now is, I don't know what else other balls are in the air while you're doing this, but I'm sure there are. And so how do you take care of yourself? I have to spend time in nature. Nature recharges my battery. So I walk, I walk barefoot, by the way, I have the river right behind my house, the Santa Fe river. So I walk in a trail barefoot, um, every day and I lie on the ground and I give thanks and I, I meditate all combined in one. So, cause I only have time to, to do that, to combine everything together, the meditation, a little bit of Qigong and walking barefoot, lying on the earth, being in the sun for a few minutes and, and uh, looking out at the sky and the clouds and the mountains that helps me be really strong. Okay, and you've alluded to this next one a little bit already, but I'm going to ask you, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I, I have a, a really strong intuition. And uh, when, when I sometimes didn't listen to it, and when I didn't listen to it, I, I paid a price for it, sometimes a very big price. Um, and so I... I think everybody has intuition. We just have to tune in, be quiet, and listen for it. Listen to what our inner wisdom is telling us, because we all have it. Yes, we do. We talk a lot about that on the Well Woman Show, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that That's one of the four stages of of our 
framework, the well woman life cycle. And, um, the sort of premise is just what you said. We already know we just need, you know, we just have to tune into it. And so I'm very interested in these moments where people do tune in and what happens. And then, you know, of course, when they don't tune in and they've realized later, like you just said, um, so that, that's a whole other, uh, topic and conversation, but, um, just to continue here, I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? Um, I, I would say you're just right the way you are. Don't go for perfection because that's almost like an illness because there is no such thing as perfection because we're already perfect already, even with all our mistakes and our flaws. And so trying for perfection is a prescription for being miserable miserable in one's life and so just love who you are right now with the whole mess the whole flaws everything that you perceive as flaws it's it's wonderful if you can just accept who you are right now yeah it's surely a lot smoother that's for sure than fighting with yourself all the time uh Erica, do you identify as a feminist? With a small F, yes. With a large F, not so much because I try to relate to people on a non-political level because politics are so incredibly divisive. But yes, I've been a feminist my whole life. I do things that my whole life I've done things that I've told that girls can't do. For example, I I was told that um, all the mountaineering I've done, I, I was in a a climbing club in Ecuador that didn't allow girls. And so, and somehow they made an exception for me and to climb with them, very big mountains. Like I um, was the first American woman to climb Aconcagua, which is the highest mountain in the Western hemisphere. It's been climbed by, it had been climbed by six other women, but I was the first American. And then I have a peak named after me in South America because it was, had never been climbed before. And the boys I was with, they said they they wouldn't do it, the, men, the young men. And, and I said, well, I'm going to do it. And they said, no, you're a girl. You can't do that. And I did it. So I, I, I never let my gender interfere with doing things I really felt I need to do. Okay. Couple last questions here. What makes a good leader? I, I think a good leader has to be authentic. They they can't be in it for the power because um, then they they don't have as much credibility. Uh, so authenticity to me is I. If I have ever had a leader like Thich Nhat Hanh was um, a spiritual leader for me for a while. He, he was totally authentic. He was not uh, teaching to aggrandize himself or for um, making his ego bigger. And so for me, that's terribly important in a leader to really want to uh, serve the people and not just serve themselves. Okay, Dr. Elliot, you're a leader yourself. You're, You're living your life purpose, as you say. What is your greatest challenge right now? I can't do all the things that I'd like to do. <laughs> it's I I have so many projects I'd like to do and I 
I, I have to be kind to myself and not overextend myself. So that that's the big challenge for me. Okay. And final question. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Um, <laughs> right now, uh, I'm, I'm reading just um, medical journals at the moment. There's nothing on my nightstand right now. Okay. Dr. Erica Elliott, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much, Giovanna. I appreciate it. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.